Um, this is episode 33, so um, we'll just, uh, yeah, we'll just start. Welcome to episode 33 of Podcast X. My name is Ben Kendrick, and I am joined by my co-host, Mr. Rob Keys. Hey! Oh, I'm not the same person anymore, though, because I lost my blue check mark today. Hours oh, I know. Ago. I, so I was going to bring this. I was going to bring this up as well. That we. I'm not real. We're not verified anymore. We are unverified. You, we Christ. could be people. People cared about this shit, huh? <laughs> I, uh, oh yeah, you guys had you guys had a swole followers. I forgot. Like yeah, you guys. Oh my god, how are your communities doing? How's everybody's communities doing? <laughs> Is everybody's communities okay? Yeah. Well, I'm not a real influencer anymore. If I'm not, you know, yeah. I mean, people are gonna uh, bots everywhere. People are gonna impersonate me, obviously, and Ben. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> isn't it flipping now? Like, isn't it? Isn't it? Aren't you lame if you do have a blue check mark at this well, point? So this is yes. A, I thought like the whole reason that Elon Musk left the blue check marks on us was because he didn't want it to be this thing where it like looked for shame for the people who paid for it. And then today, it's just like you flip that switch, right? Like that was kind of unexpected. I thought he had sort of settled into this idea that he was just going to leave it. But no, I knew he was going to do it. He just had fucked up the first time. <laughs> yeah, he, he said April. Nice. He said April first, of course, right? Like April Fool, yeah. April Fool's Day, worst time ever. And then it didn't happen. Then he said, "Oh, four twenty, lol. Let's get high." And then so he blows up the biggest rocket ever to launch today via SpaceX. <laughs> and then he decides, "Okay, fuck it, <laughs> time to press the button." And and not only did he do that, but he fucked that up too because you can still sort and search by verified users. So all they yeah. did was hide the legacy verification on the yeah. accounts. Um, which is hilarious. They can't do anything right over there. <laughs> it's so weird. That whole situation is just so weird. But um, <laughs> well, but it's like, find me on I mean, Spoutable. It's, crazy. <laughs> it's yeah. crazy. I mean, I'm not going. Nobody's going anywhere. But it's just like you just kind of killed what Twitter is. In like nobody wants an egalitarian thing. We want to like chase celebrities and certain people that are like awesome twitter people like i don't want to interact with the fucking shitheads like that are on here like most of the time i want to see like what the smart witty good tweeters or the director or the fucking you know this political person or pundit or something like having that distinguish was not a bad thing like yeah elon musk is just insane (laughs) like with this thing like this is not it's it's like it's it's so bad egalitarian nah man Um, it's just like yeah, yeah, and then I just did this article today. Did you see what he did to some people, like some of the celebrities that spoke out against it? I did, yeah, like Stephen King and LeBron James. Stephen and stuff. King, LeBron James, yeah, he left their blue check marks on as a way of making them look like hypocrites. <laughs> just like Shatner <laughs> as well, like, yeah, yeah, Shatner, and so like, which is good folds into our Star Trek talk, but like. That's some Russian Federation shit. Like, that's some KGB, like, mind game, fucking bullshit, false fucking flag misinformation shit. Like, Dude, that's, that's crazy, so funny. Man. This is what happens yeah. when you let somebody just own this thing now. 
and, and not just this, like the, one of the things too, is like, they're trying to like differentiate between individual users who pay with blue and then, you know, organizations that are, you know, have the gold check mark and then government entities, which have the gray. But of course that requires like manual moderation and they're failing at that. So like today there's a bunch of like IRS, like, like tax government things for the U S that are not verified. And so like they're posting saying, Hey, this is our official account. You can check this link to verify. And then the, you see all these fake accounts replying to it and say, no, no, I'm the real account and you can't tell. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, this is perfect. Wow. This is, uh, wow. oh my God. Oh my God. Uh, I think, yeah, I think it's just, it's like funny for us, especially, I think, because like, I mean, we've been on Twitter since like the beginning because, you know, Gamer, that's kind of how we were connecting with people like initially and everything. Totally. So it's been so weird. Like it's been such a, such an interesting ride, but I didn't know that, that he like intentionally left the subscribe thing on people. I'm looking at some of the people now that are uh, like, you were right about like Stephen King and some of these guys. That's, I mean, it'd be funny if it wasn't like just like you said false flag misinformation but um man what a crazy what a crazy situation it's all right well every time this conversation comes up i always say the same thing which is i read the three little pigs as a kid and i heard about those houses and i was like oh fuck this straw shit i never heard my house <laughs> on twitter because i knew this shit was gonna somehow get fucking nuts and destroy the world after yeah. I saw film Twitter created in front of my eyes, and I was just like, "Yeah, oh, I yeah. Don't and know like about film clickbait and all that stuff." Yeah, 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 mm, for sure. yeah. our nemesis. Um, all right, well, we're going to talk about fun stuff. Not, I don't know, the, the I don't know, just the muddling of free speech on social. You guys got media, so money but... to film clickbait. I love that, man. I love that shit, man. I was like, yeah, totally. You got me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I love reading that shit. Yeah. Oh, I got stories about that guy. Yeah. Well, I was Save like, for another day. And yeah. I was just like, oh, man, you caught that one. I slipped it, but I was like a cartel dealer. I was just like, you caught one truck. I slipped five across the border. You know how much <laughs> fucking bullshit I just did today? Well, he like, after a while, all he was doing was just like going after Cinema Blend almost exclusively for like a period well, of time, too. Like, I can't name the person who created it. I don't think I was yeah. supposed to, but the person who created yeah. it did create it to target our friends of Cinema Blend yeah. <laughs> and then a few others. Um, but then they started targeting, there was a whole thing about unpaid writers for certain sites. And the person yeah. who created that account ran a site where he did not pay his writers. And yeah. so I threatened to like blow his shit up and he stopped bothering us for a while. <laughs> and then he gave the account away to someone else allegedly, but I don't, I don't know yeah. who has it now, but it, I don't think it's even active. Is it still active? Uh, yeah. No, it's not active anymore. Uh, good. Like, I, think they, the end. I think they retweeted somebody like a, like a while back or whatever, but oh, um, yeah, November or no, March 31st. For that then. <laughs> oh, there's a March 31st. They came out of the woodwork on March 31st to slag CBR. <laughs> oh, man. But yeah, that's funny. <laughs> uh, anyway. All right. Well, so let's uh, let's get rolling. So we're going to be talking about the stars today. We're going to be talking about some Star Wars celebration news as well as the Mandalorian season three finale plus Star Trek Picard, which just had a really, really awesome kind of throwback season. So um, we'll start with Star Wars. And then we'll we'll slide into Picard and, and let these guys... I haven't actually watched Picard, so I'm going to hand that one over to Kofi and, and Rob to talk about. But I'm curious, we were incredibly hard on The Mandalorian at the beginning of this season. Um, I remember that podcast as being pretty, pretty rough. And I think at that point, 
I might have only seen one episode and Rob saw two, I think. And Rob was sort of saying, oh, it gets a little bit better after the second episode. But I mean, so I think this was a case where and I'll start and then I'll kick to you guys. But because I, it's fresh in my mind. So I actually didn't watch the last four episodes until like a couple of days ago, right ahead of the finale. And I will say I was struggling with this season just in general. I thought there were some really great episodes and there were a lot of like really just weird messy like completely sort of side tangential um you know episodes which felt weird for the mandalorian and uh ashley gave up on it like midway through the season and so i just binged the last four episodes i and then i was like really on board like i feel like almost this show or at least this season of this show would have benefited from like having multiple episodes released at a time and like kind of packaging them Maybe not all at once, but like three or four episodes together and then, you know, another three or four episodes and maybe like a two hour finale or something like that. Because, I mean, that, you know, the like weird Jack Black, you know, like episode feels real. like if I had been waiting a week and that had been the episode I got. I, like I feel like I it would be letting the wind out of my sails, whereas I was able to just kind of enjoy it because I could just move right on to the next one. So I'm a little bit curious, like how you guys sort of felt about this. I thought the finale was fine. I'm, you know, I mean, they're teasing some things. They wrapped up some stuff so that they don't really have to like come back to this well for a while. And they can let some of these other shows do, you know, do the talking. But but I'm curious kind of like what you guys thought, because you guys were following it week to week and talking about it a lot. I haven't watched Snowfall, but I would compare it to um, The Bad Batch season two which if you watch that, especially the back half of that season in the finale, that is some good Star Wars that actually hits you in the feels, which is I think the biggest problem with the Mandalorian yeah. across the board is like, there's just no part of it is that there's a lack of stakes, even with our man Paz biting it in episode seven. But um, yeah. you have a protagonist who's like, well, literally in this case, never on set. <laughs> you don't see his face <laughs> partner with the character who can't speak. Um, and who walks like the craziest puppet I've ever seen that final shot when they go into the bar, uh, to meet up with our man there. Um, uh, you know, our, our, our hacks are like, he, he, the puppet legs on strings are just going crazy when he's walking in, which is hilarious to see. <laughs> um, but whatever, <laughs> But Ben, you mentioned Luke Skywalker and it got me thinking of like, oh yeah, they had Boba Fett show up and and then this season, oh my God, the cameos. They had Tim Meadow show up in that Pershing episode. And of course you have Lizzo and Jack Black who on their own, I love all three of them. But you put yeah. those three like kind of like performers and in some cases comedic geniuses geniuses in this, it really does come off like an SNL ske- sketch, right? Especially given so like too with the Christopher Lloyd stuff. Like that scene Lloyd's where well, like, oh Lizzo is like, oh, well, you know, you're banished to the moon. And he's like, I'm sorry, my lady. I hope that I was like, what the fuck am I like, am I watching here? Like I, I couldn't. Yeah, true. Um, who knows if they're ever like ever even go back to, <laughs> to that planet. Um, but yeah, I mean this, this, that bothered me even going back to our first talk with the beginning, I think in the, the first two episodes is when we meet those pirates and then we see, uh, Mando and his little member Barry starfighter, like dispatch all of them with ease. And then like an episode or two later, he does the same thing. Bo-Katan is flying the gauntlet and he's flying the N1 and a whole bunch of TIE Interceptors come in. And this is my ship. Anyone who knows X-Wing video games knows like TIE Interceptor is like, that's my ship. He takes out every single one of them. No problem. And I'm like, what? Why even do this? Like, why, why have a whole fleet of Starfighters come in if they never accomplish anything? Every single Starfighter sequence has been the exact same for Mando. He takes out 
everyone. And then when he's on the ground in the finale, he fights everyone. Praetorian guards, the, the, the shield barrier, episode one callback soldiers. And it's like, it's hard to care because like the only reason, the only time he's ever going to lose is when the plot requires him to be moved somewhere. And then if yeah. you start to look at that, in this episode, the finale, I don't understand how when Paz goes out to make the sacrifice play in episode seven and the rest of them get out, we see like Grogu in IG-12 go out with them. And then in this episode, skip two, they're they're pulling Mando along all roped up and IG-12 just shows up with Grogu? Like where the fuck did he come from? Wasn't he with yeah. the Mandalorians? Like wait, is there a scene missing there? How did he get – from being with the Mandalorians to just being in the hallway when Mando is being pulled away. And it doesn't make any goddamn sense. So unless I'm missing something, I feel like they forgot what they were writing. Um, but to your point, I do think episode seven, I think you both said this, it was pretty good. And we'll talk about this more after, but at Star Wars Celebration, that was the big surprise. They had the big panel. And then that night they played episode seven, like a couple days mm-hmm. or a week beforehand. And I will say this on a big screen with the big sound in an audience of 4,500 people, that shit slabs, man. Like that, it makes you really wish. Like some of the stuff really should be on the big screen. And of course, we watched, like you went at Comic Con, all of the footage we saw there was on a big screen. And you know, certainly that episode, it plays a lot better than watching it at home on TV and Disney Plus. So yeah. um, that was an interesting, yeah, yeah. Especially given the nature of all the action in that in that episode. Um, but yeah, as a whole, this season to me is as messy as Boba Fett. The Book of Boba Fett. Not as bad as that show, because I think The Book of Boba Fett is arguably one of the worst things from Star Wars, but but it's certainly as messy. Um, and a big part of it, it's like this whole season ignored like the main character arcs and character motivation of the first two seasons. And then, of course, season three picks up not even connecting to season two because you have to watch the book of Boba Fett to see season 2.5, which changes everything. <laughs> it changes like the Luke Grogu training. It changes his ship, it changes everything. Um, just because, you know, gimmicks and toys, I, I guess. And if it wasn't for the cute Grogu gimmick throughout this, there's really nothing here in the lead characters. Like we talked about the mask and, and, and Pedro Pascal never being on set, like not at all this season. And more than ever before, when I'm watching, I'm really paying attention to his movements versus the voice. And it's really out of sync. So uh, it must be so tough for all these actors to play off, you know, stunt doubles who don't do the dialogue and don't have to to deliver the emotion. So it just feels stilted. And I'm looking for it, knowing that on top of all the other stuff we talked about with like the Jack Black and then the fake backgrounds shooting on on the volume and stuff. And it just, it's more than ever, it's becoming irksome and just doesn't fit. Um, and you couple that with my complaints at the beginning, I feel like this show is kind of directionless and, and the writing is shittier than ever. Um, but uh, I don't know. I guess like the end of it, like you guys said, it, it is, wraps it up kind of nicely. And at the very least, it kind of sets up Mando and Grogu to do these kind of episodic adventures. But what it's really doing is setting him up to be hunting Imperials, which leads to the Thrawn connection in Ahsoka, which comes up this summer. Uh, yeah. So... Um. Yeah, if you like Star Wars, I think everyone should watch The Bad Batch because that shit has emotion and characters and like just epic direction. And oh my god, it's such a higher quality show than this. Even Star Wars Visions, for what that is, it's an anthology of shorts, has so much <laughs> better like direction and ideation than than what The Mandalorian is delivering. So, um, do you, should we should we jump into the uh, celebration of yeah, it all? Let's talk about the celebration stuff. <clears throat> Kofi's uh, Kofi said that his audio may have dropped 
my audio of what I said about the Mandalorian earlier. This season was just all right. It ranks way down for me in terms of just Star Wars TV finales. I think Obi-Wan and or the Bad Batch, Mandalorian Season 2, Mandalorian Season 1 were all better finales. And I said a lot more, but like I said, it was probably too real for this world, so we, we lost the audio for the first time ever. So, Ben, just put this wherever you want to put it, and this will be my refurbished thoughts on it. Yeah, you uh, you said a lot of really eloquent stuff, um, but yeah, we'll uh, we'll just move on. <laughs> Sorry about that, guys. Uh, okay, so Rob, you wanted to talk about Star Wars Celebration news. Um, we know we're about like a week late on that, and you know we we had you were actually coming back from Star Wars Celebration, which is why we didn't really record last week. Mm-hmm. But um, I mean, I am kind of curious, like being there. You know, we don't have to talk about a lot of this stuff, but I think it, I think it is interesting to talk about the three movies that were announced. Yeah. Um, so if you want to kind of run through those really quick, we'll give our thoughts on that. Uh, well, let me set the stage a little bit. Um, this, uh, there's no star Wars celebration next year. So we knew going into this one, they had to drop a lot. And of course, all the Disney plus stuff, they had already kind of pre-announced, um, you know, with those Disney Plus investor days in the in years past. So we knew there was like 10 or 11 shows that were in the works. Some of them no longer happening. We, we don't know what's going on with that droids show or New Republic Rangers, whatever it's called. Like, you know, yeah. but the main ones that are in production, they had to show something because they weren't going to be able to for the next two years. Right. So, and we also knew it was going to be the beginning of the marketing campaign for Ahsoka, which is the follow up to what we just talked about, the Mandalorian, uh, and it debuts this summer. Um, but the big thing I kind of knew. Uh, from like the behind the scenes buzz is that Disney was going to make a point and have something quote unquote real to announce on the movie front because it's become almost like a meme how like they just the trades keep reporting you know producer and director after producer and director to all these projects even Disney gave us a Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron teaser and then just dropped that um, you know Benny F. and Weiss were doing a trilogy Ryan Johnson's been off and on doing a trilogy forever Kevin Feige of all people was doing a movie Taika's doing a movie Lindelof was doing a movie and got pulled out. So it's like, you know, if, you, if you're attached to a Star Wars movie, there's about an 80% chance you are not going to be attached to it a year later. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they thought, hey. Just a convenient tax write-off. Yeah. Given those odds, that's not announced a movie. That's announced three completely separate and different projects. <laughs> because one of these three has to happen. The odds are in its favor, right? Um and this was the very end of the keynote presentation. And, and Star Wars Celebration is four days long. The first presentation on the first day was the big one on the Friday to catch the news cycle before the weekend. And it had Mandalorian and Ahsoka and Skeleton Crew and the Acolyte. I want to talk about that a little bit later. But the big thing at the end, after they also gave some props to the technical people that make the the, the creatures and the costumes. They brought about a, a bunch on stage. And then Kathleen Kennedy came out to do the big thing. And the, and the big thing is like that Marvel Comic-Con style timeline reveal where they showed um, an image of like, here's kind of what we know of the saga so far. Right. And they included the high Republic, which is a big thing in publishing. And they included the old Republic, which was nice to see for fans of the games. And then her thing, her whole speech was about how George Lucas, his whole vision for star Wars long-term was to not just keep going forward, but it's not a linear story. Like with the prequels, they went back in time. So going forward with star Wars, they want to tell you more stories about the now, but they want to tell you stories about the future and the past. And so they go to the kind of, they go 15 years in the future um, after episode nine, which everyone loves um, and announced, you know, 
whatever it's called, the New Jedi Order. And of course, in the story is about a, a Jedi Master teaching New Jedi, and that Jedi Master is none other than Daisy Ridley returning as Rey Sky Skywalker, <laughs> Rey Skywalker. That's that's her name. Um, and then you know Daisy Ridley came out on stage, uh, which is really strange given all the feedback. And this being set, like this event being in London, uh, it's so cyclical, just like Star Wars. Because my first Star Wars celebration was 2016 at the same building in London. And, the, and it was all about Rogue One then, which is hilarious. But the big special guest who showed up was John Boyega. And given how John Boyega was treated <laughs> like long term yeah. in the franchise, and but it's so weird that they and everybody wanted him to be a Jedi and let you know let him be a Jedi, and that never happened. And so now Ray comes out, and there's no John Boyega. <laughs> um, so I, I hope they find a way to make right by him and bring him back. It would be weird for him not to show up. Um, I don't know how they do that from a story perspective, but we just know that that film is 15 years in the future. And then the other one uh, going backwards in time is the dawn of the Jedi, the very first force user. And this is the big Jim Mangold film. And uh, this one more than the others I have hoped for actually happening because by all accounts, what James Mangold did with Indiana Jones five is supposed to be incredible. Like they are extremely confident in that film. Um, so yeah. Disney wanting to continue, continue that relationship, let him do something kind of, dude, you're crazy. This is the one I have the least amount of faith that this is the easiest one to cut. I feel like, I, it might be because there's no, you know, it doesn't, it's the least connected to everything else, which is why it's the most exciting to me of the three, because it doesn't have to follow any of those rules. So he can kind of come out whenever he's ready. And there's, you know, who knows if Swamp Thing will actually happen. And he's got another movie coming out. He's shooting another movie this this summer, I think. But um, I I can't speak to the timeline of any of these things because the other one, of course, is the Mandoverse film, which to me is the least exciting because the Mandoverse TV shows are like the least or not, they're not, they're not good. You know what I mean? The the good Star Wars is the Tony Gilroy Star Wars or the animated Star Wars. The Boba Fett Mandalorian shit is is not good so far for me. Unless Ahsoka turns everything around. Um, but yeah, that's sort of like the current Avengers style team up of all the characters we see in these six out of ten Disney Plus shows are going to team up for <sighs> whatever the fuck that's going to be. So um, those are the three movies. But the big thing there is Dave Filoni, who is like the architect of all the animated shows we love, who's bringing these things to life and live action who I made a cameo appearance in the Mandalorian season three finale, by the way, with his fucking hat, no less. Um, <laughs> he's going to be directing that. So that's kind of a, th- it's an interesting thing. If, if the TV shows weren't so bad, I would be so happy for him. But um, as the long time apprentice of George Lucas, it's still nice to see him get that chance, but yeah. God, I don't know what that story is going to be. It's funny afterwards, all, you know, all the media gets together and we're taking bets and making jokes saying, Hey, are, are one or two of these three things gonna actually happen or all three gonna actually happen if that ray skywalker film is set 15 years later does that mean they're not gonna start shooting this thing for 10 years is they gonna be in development for that that long period of time and um it's hilarious that they're totally avoiding calling it episode 10 for obvious reasons um but it it, it's strange but um even the disney employees we spoke to were like i don't know what's gonna happen nobody knows so um (laughs) but i'll say this about the panel itself they showed footage which is kind of neat for skeleton crew which is a very amblin style kids thing and but but to me i I wanted to point out because i think kofi may have mentioned this as his most anticipated star wars show last time we talked about all this stuff and the acolyte outside of rogue one outside of andor season two i mean was the coolest thing they've shown um it's Mm -hmm. like it's shot and looks like Andor, as in like real sets, really good staging of actors, an amazingly talented cast, 
really cool action, but with like lots of force users. Like, you know, cause it's, and it's set like a hundred years before episode one. It's not fully high Republic. It's sort of in between high Republic and episode one. Um, that footage looked, looked amazing. And a little behind the scenes, uh, let's just, I don't know how to say this. Uh, the type of info you can only get here in podcast X. I, I heard some interesting stories that the only reason this show happened and you, this should be everyone's most exciting show for a lot of reasons is because Kathleen Kennedy made it happen. There's a lot of uh, pushback from others at Disney and Lucasfilm against mm. this. Um, but Kennedy kept pushing and pushing and pushing and made it happen. So if that show turns out to be as good as it looks right now and it's a winner amongst all these other shows, then uh, I think a lot of these like you know Star Wars YouTubers and critics need to change their tune a little bit because uh, – Kathleen made this one happen as the super producer she is. So that's kind of interesting. Um, but yeah, I mean, as you expect, like Andor season two looks incredible. Tony Gilroy and and, and uh, Diego Luna got all the love on the on stage um, when they came out to the live stage too. And that was awesome to see. But um, yeah, I'm really excited that Andy Circus is back for that. Oh, yeah. He was great to see him there. Uh, they did a, and I wish I saw this because it would have been so awkward. They did a villains panel, like a new Star Wars saga villains panel. And it was like Ian McDermott back as, you know, Palpatine. It was like Sir yeah, Circus yeah. as Snoke, uh, Gwendolyn Christie there as Phasma, and um, it might be one other, I forget. But it's like so hilarious because like everybody hates Snoke and everybody hates that Palpatine came back. Right. And they had to do a whole panel on that. Um, that would yeah. have been amazing. Uh, That's pretty funny. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, I, you know, I mean, I want Star Wars movies. I'm excited that there's some like, you know, potential like sort of spin off things here. And, uh, you know, I mean, I, I don't know. It's just like we always say, it's like we just want different Star Wars. So the the Daisy Ridley returning for episode 10 thing is the thing that's like the biggest question mark for me, because it's like, like, just like you said, I mean, it's not even called episode 10. Like, I don't, I just don't even know what. Like, what are they even building towards? Like, imagine that is a certain yeah, new trilogy. Like, what? Like, they, how many times is there going to be a Republic versus Empire situation in the background? Um, or yeah. is this really just about it's Force really users? And in, in which case, is it just going to be about someone tempted to use the dark side again? And it's like, I don't know how many times they can do that cycle. So, um, but yeah, that's what I don't. The other part of that is like, I am almost for certain that show is going to be full of like Jedi characters from all the other shows. Like, by then, Gragu could be 80 and speaking. He could be one of the yeah. apprentices on the Jedi side after his old Mandalorian journey you know, for 30 years, right? Um, yeah. And uh, maybe Ezra, Ezra if from Ahsoka, is there 15, 30, whatever, 40 years later, right, as an older Jedi. Um, yeah, 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 so I would suspect all these kids we see and, you know, whatever happens in Skeleton Crew, all these shows, like they could, they could bring characters and pieces from all that in, into that that whole story. Um, but then, you know, they risk being in the gimmick fest like Mandalorian. So who, who knows? Um, it's a big question mark. Yeah. You know, do, one thing we did not talk about when we were talking about the Mandalorian is where did you guys end up? And then we can move on to something that, you know, you guys liked, which was Picard. But I am curious, like what the fuck was the idea of having Grogu in that stupid idea? Like, I still don't understand. Like, why they even did that because basically um, he gets in the suit toys. yeah it's a toys thing obviously uh, okay sure. yeah i mean that okay yeah and i mean that's fair. make that's fair. it not totally ridiculous because i stood up <laughs> on the scene when he got caught in the room with, with, with the praetorian guards and he's just doing his little scamper around the lights 
Yeah. I was like, if they don't fucking murder this little guy, like yeah, like, if he if he beats a room full of Praetorian go- elite go like you know yeah. guards, then I I'm just leaving and I'm not even gonna finish this episode because the logic of Star Wars will be just be so outrageously gone for me that I'll just like not even want to watch this thing. Yeah, because I was like, yeah, there's no way he can beat those things like those guys. There's there's just not. And thankfully they didn't do it that way. Like, but it was just like, yeah, it was just a battle suit. So he could go into battle with these epic things and slam the no, 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 <laughs> which thank God, thank God that's dead because I was so sick of that shit by the end. Yeah. I was like, I just, it, it was cute to me as you think. You I know. will say though, like, in a crowd of 4,500, the first time we saw that it fucking was hilarious. The first time <laughs> it got old pretty quick in the streets, but that opening, when he's saying it at first, it was pretty fucking funny. Yeah. Oh no! When it's like I, when they're doing it, the gag with like Carl Weathers being there and stuff, and it being like a dad, a kid, and an uncle, like that—that that was great. Like that's funny. Like, yeah. Yeah, but then it got started to get fucking on my nerves. I just, I just like. I mean, it was just such. It's such a weird thing to be like. Oh, he wanted this. He wanted to bring this droid back, and then he hollow. They hollowed it out so that like. Baby Yoda could run around in there and just kind of stomp around and hit this no button and basically not have all that much. Like it kind of actually just like sort of slows him down as a Jedi. I mean, he's like stuck in this machine until it gets like hacked to pieces. And then they just bring, you know, IG back at the end. And this sort of triumphant. That was such just like a weird, weird fucking story. So but no stakes, even for the droids. Just, just stop fucking around and give him the goddamn battle armor and a helmet. Yeah, jetpack. That's it. Like, like yeah, that's it. Yeah. Isn't it hilarious that they Navarro goes independent, has no protectors. The Mandalorians have this big episode of, of them going to move there. An episode later, they all fucking leave. An episode later, the droids back. Who after doing this big sacrifice play in season two or whatever, it's like nothing matters because yeah. it's all going to change two episodes later. Hey, speaking of Grogu, what happened to that goddamn plate he's supposed to be wearing on his chest? You know what I mean? I don't think I saw it again. Yeah. So it's it was there. Yeah. They they had it. There was one scene where I think, where was it? I think when they go for the adoption scene, he walks in there and you can see it under oh, his cool. clothes. Super useful wearing. that is. Um, yeah, it didn't, but yeah. it didn't matter. Like none of that mattered. That's the whole thing about the early episodes. That's why it's so forgettable. It's like none of that shit mattered. Yeah. Like him getting that heirloom, the whole opening, I guess, with the foundling, I guess it was a callback to the foreshadow of when they were doing an adoption thing. But even yeah. that, like, that wasn't even like a big twist. People were like losing their minds. They're like, they're officially he adopted him. I was like, that motherfucker was your son no matter what. According yeah. to the state, you've been paying for his food and lodge and all that shit. Yeah, you nothing changes. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It doesn't change. Yeah. Like, are we supposed to say, yeah, I mean, they were calling this son throughout the entire thing, yeah. too. It's not like, yeah. you know, like, what? I mean, whatever. We yeah, don't yeah. have to fucking go back down this road. But, I just, no, I, I mean, the most surprising thing the, is that Dejarn is apparently this motherfucker's first name. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, yeah. Do it, which doesn't apply <laughs> to any <laughs> other like, Mandalorian. But they yeah. do it like Korean style for some fucking reason. That's nuts. Uh, so weird. Uh, uh, no, right, but, uh, yeah, that's weird. Like Paz Vizsla isn't. That's kind of yep. weird. <laughs> that is or the true. Ren family. Yeah. There's like uh, no consistency to any of that. Yeah. Wait, before, before we move on though, Ben, because like, you know, you guys are fans of Rebels. Like a big part of this was Ahsoka, right? They, they surprised yeah. and even though Ahsoka had its own panel on day two on the weekend, it was part of the big panel day one as well. And they kind of confirmed, you know, Mary Elizabeth Wentz is, is playing Hera, which is cool. So they really are yeah, bringing cool. 
like the whole Rebels crew back together. Uh, and of course, Zeb appeared. Yeah. Uh, who looked? By the way, I thought yeah. he looked great. That that was a good. Yeah, no, that was like a high level. Yeah. Yeah, they did a good job. Yeah, yeah. Steve Bloom was the voice, which was perfect. But they did a good job looking. It's so funny how Zeb, who seems more complicated, looks great, but Cad Bane. Was all like weird looking, and they didn't get his face right. And then Book of Boba Fett, what a waste! <laughs> Look like a jelly bean with eyes. Yeah, yeah. Um, so but I will say this: so part of the Ahsoka panel, because is they showed us an extended version of the trailer that went online, and we got to see Lars Lars Mikkelsen as Thrawn. Of course, he voiced him in Rebels, and that was that was pretty cool to see. Um, and they got to see a little more of those those two villains. Ray Stevenson plays one of them, and and we confirmed with Filoni that those are orange lightsabers so for, for the fans of like the old star wars legends lore it is interesting that ahsoka herself uses white lightsabers because she's not a jedi and these guys use orange lightsabers because they are not sith and we interviewed both of yeah. them they both said we are not what you think we are it, nothing is as it seems and i thought that was very interesting so i hope there's some twists and turns when it comes to this never-ending supply of force users we're seeing in Star Wars these days. Because um, I think yeah. everyone survived Order 66, except those kids Anakin killed in the class. But everyone else, <laughs> no problem. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, the uh, yeah, that was cool. Um, like, you know, like the hair of trailer. trailer. Yeah. Yeah, it was, was a good trailer. trailer. That was cool. Yeah, it was a good trailer. I, I Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of mostly in general a bit like underwhelmed by the Ahsoka stuff in the live action. You know, I like Rosario did Dawson you, and everything. But Did you watch Rebels? No, yeah, but in live, I mean, I'm saying in live action though, right? Yeah, yeah, that's what you mean. Um, yeah, I like, I mean, the animated stuff is great, but like, I haven't, I don't really know that they've done anything super great with her yet, as far as I'm well, concerned. The whole Luke Skywalker thing. Oh, that was episode weird. of her with her in season two was dope. Like, yeah, I mean, it was cool. It was cool. Yeah, I guess you're right. I just, I, maybe I'm thinking back on the, you know, the bullshit with Luke Skywalker and stuff and just how much I disliked that. Luke, but. It makes you wonder I still if he's think coming the strongest back. Right? seasons. Uh, oh, you're, you're right there, Luke. Kofi. I agree with you about Mando. I think the two strongest episodes back to back of this show, besides the first two, are uh, the Ahsoka episode that leads right into the Boba Fett episode after that. Yeah. That shit was dope. Yeah. That was a good cool. time. And then you had the Bill Burr, like the heist episode after that, I think. I didn't like that one. Yeah, I like yeah, the second, good. when Bill Burr came back. Oh, my God. Well, Dude, that was the beginnings of Andor right there. Like when they go inside and they have the conversation about what happened during the – No, no. That's a good one. The, it's, it's the prison heist with the group of them I don't like in the, from the first season. Oh, no. That's oh, – yeah, no, no. yeah, that one. Yeah, that one. That one I mean that was still early days. No, I'm saying like I think in season two it does go Ahsoka, yeah. then the Boba Fett episode, and then the one – Burr and Din in, in the Imperial base, base with that conversation at the table. It was great stuff. But then you had like Fennec Shand and, and uh, Gina Carano outside doing the worst acting you've ever seen in Star Wars. <laughs> so it kind of like ruined it a little bit. But but you're yeah, the uh, Bill Burr stuff, he, he got redeemed in a big way that episode. That was awesome. Yeah. Um, do you do you guys want to move on to Picard? Uh, yeah, yeah, let's do it. Okay, cool. Um, I watched the first season of this and didn't watch any of the rest of it. But I was a big Next Generation fan, so I'm very yeah. curious to hear what you guys thought of it. You're not big enough to. You're such a big Next Generation fan. Well, I mean, I'm not like I, into this. I mean, you're, look, you're fucking crazy. I mean, I would not say I'm the biggest fan. <laughs> I just this thing kind of snuck up on me, though. I mean, there's just been other the stuff I've been watching. I I have no idea what you're saying. Really. <laughs> this has been like the biggest event in Star Trek. That no, 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 yeah. I mean, this season sort of snuck up because the second season wasn't that great, right? I mean, no, the first the season, season was. Ab- I mean, this season makes the second season look like absolute goddamn basura. 
Like yeah. it was just straight trash. Well, the first two so seasons were the worst, the worst of Star Trek like history. Yeah, no, I, I don't think so. I like the first season of Picard a lot. Actually. Oh no, I don't. I like oh, the, the clone shit. No, no, no. Oh, get yeah. out of here. No, no. Wait, the clone in uh, Droid Uprising and the second, the next generation of soon droids. Like, oh, that no. shit. Like that shit was dope. And the fucking Romulan, like Romulan cult hanging out in the Borg cube. That shit was dope in the mystery of what happened. The Borg artifact that. cube. No, no, I didn't like it. Um, no, nah, man, that shit was dope. You guys are crazy. I was couldn't great. even watch it. Um, I mean, oh, so you didn't no, I, watch I, so it I, I watched the first three. I stopped, and my parents stopped. And then oh, when okay. season two came out, or was finishing up, I binged both first two seasons um, just to get to the end of season two. Uh, and then it's funny how season two ends because they, they didn't take advantage of that that Borg revelation at all in this season, <laughs> which was I thought was interesting because no, everybody wants to forget season two. Nobody likes it. Um, but like season one was great. I remember covering season one and talking week to week like. There were so many great like theories in season one. There were some fun reveals about the Romulans and shit. They had great characters. Like I don't know, man. I thought season one was pretty good. Well, luckily they fired everyone involved with those two seasons. Uh, and to, to give us Terry Matalas, the showrunner of this one, um, who brought back pretty much everyone from the OG TNG crew, which was fucking awesome. Um, right from the get-go, this season is like so much better. Um and it has d- direction. Uh, and the way they fold in and introduce the characters is so much fun. I think unlike Star Wars, which we talked about Mandalorian, it's so gimmick heavy and member berry heavy. That's kind of what season three of Picard is. It's literally bringing back everything. But it's a blueprint for how to do it the right way. And part of it, the biggest part of it, is that they know how to use characters. Because holy shit, you take any two – of those returning characters from the TNG and break them off in a little like subplot in an episode, and it's fucking gold. Uh, I think Riker is just carries the show. The new characters work both young and old. Like they, I don't know how Terry did this, but like different ship with a kind of a new crew, but bringing in characters from Voyager and the whole TNG crew back, and then going just fucking buck wild crazy in the last two to bring back. And it's, you know we can talk spoilers. Obviously, they bring back the Enterprise D. The big fat big Bertha Enterprise we all love from the from the late eighties and early nineties and and they they made it work. Um, I, I could not believe how they made a ten hour movie out of this work so fucking well. And every episode was exciting. The reveals were great. Uh, the new cast is awesome. Uh, I I am shocked. And Kofi, you got to talk to your buddies at Paramount. Like what the fuck? They announced like a fucking movie for Michelle Yeoh, which is great. Section 31. They're, they tease up yeah, awesome. Strange New Worlds coming back. They announced a couple weeks earlier the Starfleet Academy spinoff, which seems to be picking up where Discovery is going to be ending in the in the future, right? But they haven't announced anything for a spinoff or follow-up to Picard. And this is the biggest and best, most exciting thing I think they've done since since the streaming era, which is nuts. Well, they still got to get more people like you assholes around to actually watching this stuff and not thinking Picard's <laughs> like the worst thing ever in Star Trek. Like, it's an uphill battle for this poor show. Like, they did a great job this this season. Like, yeah, this was one of the dopest seasons of Star Trek ever. And, uh, yeah, I mean, listen, man, I'm never going to pretend that, like, Picard season two's, like, whole COVID fucking thing was... It, that, that God damn it, was terrible. And, but... Yeah, man. Season one and season three. Season one took a swing, did something different, even if it people didn't like it or didn't think it fit Star Trek. And this was just the goodness of like nostalgia with the opportunity 
open doors to something new, and uh, they did a good job with it. Really good, really good job. Not one weak episode. Not not at all. And it's also crazy how much better this shit was than the Mandalorian that everybody shoved down their gullet. Hundred <laughs> percent. I so okay. So if I'm thinking of watching this season of Picard. Yeah. Because I'm such a huge TNG fan, which I which I don't believe, by the way. But yes, continue. I'm just kidding. No, I no. I mean, I, my relationship with TNG is like more like I collected the figures when that like that was kind of when those figures were coming out and stuff. Was, yeah, playmates. So like I was collecting them. Yeah, exactly, playmates. That's right. And I was I was watching. You know, I was like watching every week. So I, I'm familiar with these storylines, maybe more than a lot of stuff. Because I never really watched Deep Space Nine. I obviously watched the OG series. This had some that. nods to DS9, but it, it pulls from Voyager more, obviously, because some of the characters. Yeah. But yeah, yeah, it makes sense. But yeah, I mean, I you know, like I, uh, I, w- I wouldn't actually describe myself as like a major fan, but I am interested in this because I'm familiar with all these characters and the storylines. I want to see where they ended up. Is there any value whatsoever in me going and watching season no. two, or should I just jump? No, because the okay. biggest thing, season two, like the end point of season two, what it delivers, it just did, it's just they've forgotten, <laughs> so it's not even a thing anymore. <laughs> the only reason why you watch that is to see like uh, Seven of Nine and uh, the Rafi character, because like right, that's kind of like right, their right. journey, and, and they're still still yeah. two prominent characters in this, so especially Seven of Nine, uh, who's a standout in this show. Um, she was in the first season too, right? Yeah, mm-hmm. that's what she was intro to. Yeah. Okay. All right. That's, yeah. Okay. I want to make because I was like, oh, maybe I did watch this. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's right. Well, because that's why I was saying I was like, I remembered seeing her, so I couldn't. I was starting to think, well, maybe I did watch the second season. Dude, but th- th- this show is like, it made Star Trek big again, like the movies did. Like this, I think was a week or two ago. It was reported that Star Trek. Uh, Picard made the top 10 streaming charts. It's the first time in modern Star Trek history. And it was episode four of the show. So when those numbers come out, whenever, in the next couple of days or weeks, like I imagine episodes nine and 10 of this thing, which had all the buzz and hype, will be like topping those charts too, which is awesome. It gives us hope. But from our own chats and everybody's been talking to them, even uh, Kofi, your team posted a good interview today with uh, Terry Matalas. They, they are not in talks with him at all. There's no current plan for a what he wants to call Star Trek Legacy, even though everybody on the cast old and new wants to do it and everyone loves it. So, um, p- part of it I'm told is because Paramount's only has like, you know, with budget cuts everywhere. And I didn't talk about this, but there's also, there's a lot of budget cuts when it comes to Star Wars celebration. Like Disney only had 20% of the media there compared to last year. Right. Uh, yeah. It was, it was, yeah. it was smaller, but better ran. And then, you know, for all the streaming networks, we're seeing less content and more content cuts. Right. But I think Paramount can only do two live action shows, a year now instead of three uh, alongside their animated ones. Cause lower decks is great by the way, if you guys haven't seen that, but um, uh, which in, and, and like I said, they, they have strange new worlds coming and it's, and instead of doing more of this, they chose to end discovery and replace it with this Academy show. And I don't know who the fuck is asking for a Starfleet Academy show set a thousand years in the future or whatever. Like that seems like the least interesting thing to do. I'd rather do more of these yeah. Picard characters, right? But like, because there's a lot of yeah. you know, Star Wars is going with its new Jedi. You got to do new Starfleet. Oh boy! And in, like the most like <laughs> least relatable. I hope universe. it's all Picarded out. People just murking people. Oh, God, but you seen person drinking? It's so person drinking, <laughs> murking. <laughs> but if if you watch Discovery season four, which I rush and really enjoyed on its own, like the ships are like fucking goofy. It's like these like flying like round triangles that aren't even like physically connected they just gotta hover together everything's so goofy looking because it's like mega future stuff it's just so unrelatable look buddy 
we're we're just doing shit where we try shit out, and if it doesn't work, we go back and we all pretend it didn't happen. Yeah. See the Klingons and and Strange New World. That was good. Two trailers. That was good. That was from the same people who met the Klingons that look like fucking turds from Discovery season one. <laughs> yeah, like, different. Oh, that's right. They're like different creative team. Yeah, yeah whatever. They're, they're fixing all that shit. Um, the funny shot, by the way, if you watch that trailer for Strange New Worlds, there's a shot where like, um, what's her face? I forget her name, but the con character, the girl, and then young James T. Kirk are in like a store, and there's a there's that gimmick about the rotating door. That store is right here in Toronto. That's like a root store. Like I've, I've been in there, <laughs> which is hilarious because they shoot that in Toronto. So yeah. I don't know if there's a time travel element there, but oh, we should also say this season of Strange New Worlds crosses over with Lower Decks somehow. There's like a two episode back and forth where yeah those characters cross over. They do it, even though it's different time periods. So that's going to be interesting. So uh, going to see Jack. Yeah. yeah, even like and yeah, but like it's also like the actors. From that's it. It's Cameron Jack Quaid and and, uh, and yeah, Tony. Yeah, going to, I forget her name. Tony Newsom or something. But yeah. Yeah, they're going to be in live action this week too. It's going to be crazy. Yeah. They're getting that Fennec Shan money. <laughs> That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, but look, man, like this show ends on such an awesome high. Like they, like they, they out-deliver themselves in the last couple episodes. It's incredible. Um, and I really hope they fucking take action and announce something soon because, you know, these actors are not getting any younger. Uh, you, you know, you don't need Patrick Stewart to come back, but like he's in his 90s, but these other, other cast members are pretty old and they want to do it now. We've already waited 35 years for this to happen. So, um, yeah. anyways. For, yeah, you got to wrap it. You got to wrap it package of the shit. You can't be doing exactly. It. And I don't even yeah. want another one with them. I just want them to do and Patrick Stewart to do like relaxed popping. Yeah, it's cameos, man. From now on, just... Yeah, like Jack goes home and talks to his dad and has a scene, and all Patrick Dewar gets to do is do some fucking Shakespearean gravitas and sit in a goddamn chair in a fake vineyard and, like, talk. Like, that's all he's got to do. That's it. I mean, that's all he basically did this season. There's not a whole lot of Picard action. He had to hold up a phaser and fire it, and he looked like he was going to drop that shit. That's why he was smart, because I feel like the first two seasons didn't know what to do with him, right? And, like, season two tried awkwardly to have him stuck in this thing for a long time, but, like, this season took advantage of that and like let them be like it's more of a talkie like you said especially in the first half and it's like there's multiple captains working together on on in, this, in the meeting room or on the bridge and they did they took advantage of that in a smart way it was very creatively done um for all for all those actors but yeah man like it's, it's, this is something special and oh and there's a post-credit scene too which kind of teases what they could do in the future which ties back it's a beautiful bookend for you real fans out there, the non-Bens who have seen like the original uh, TNG pilot. So, um, yeah, very good stuff. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, man. And it's just, yeah, like I said, this this does a good job of setting up an easy spinoff with the Star Trek legacy kind of title. I mean, there's so much Voyager in this and, and TNG. And, uh, yeah, man, it's just set up real nice to pull you in with characters that are both callbacks and new additions at the same time. That's it. Like Jack yeah. Crusher and Jordy's daughters. And there are already people we care about and like want to see more of seven of nine as a captain is dope as shit. Rafi and her and their drama. I think they even make a joke at the end. Cause it's like, they're all kind of like ne'er do wells. Rafi's a <laughs> fucking ex junkie and like spy and seven of nine. Ex pirate basically. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, and like and Jack's like a crook and a thief, and it's just like that's really interesting shit for like a fucking 
commanding officers of a new enterprise. That's it. And if you fans out there like who like love like the the star ships of it all, like I do, and geek out about that, they do some really cool stuff with like the legacy of the Enterprise title, like from the Enterprise D to what was like the. There's jokes about what happened to the Enterprise E from the movies and like Worf's involvement with all that shit, and then we get to see the Enterprise F, which is from the video games. And then at the end, they kind of tease up what's next, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, they kind of man, they they really plan this out. And dude, for those like deep deep cuts, like every episode has like callbacks to like little things or side characters or cameos to animals to events that happened throughout they TNG. Fucking, they horribly murdered Elizabeth Shelby after she fucking survived the first Borg attack. Oh, and and um, not Ensign Yar. Who's the other one? The uh, the Bajoran girl who came back for an episode, which was an epic callback. Um. Oh God, the one who tells them about the plot. Yeah, I forget her name, but uh, yeah. She, oh, what a huge yeah, like like uh, continuation of like that those those final seasons of uh, TNG. Like they they man they put in the work. This is this is something special. Um, I need to rewatch it. Actually, it's so good. Anyways, good TV. Forget Star Wars. Watch some Star Trek because they're firing all cylinders right now. Every show is banging. Yeah. There you go. Um, anything else you guys want to say about that? Nope. Uh, I don't think so. No. Um, I need those jackets they were wearing. Oh yeah, those are good. Good, good costuming. An unpunched data action figure from the Playmates TNG series, three hundred dollars. I still have my uh, TNG Playmates as well, and some of the new ones they put out last year. These unpunched ones are like. What does that mean? Like they're still in package. No, it means the it means they're not they were never even hung on a hook. Oh shit! Like the little oh, notch is like yeah. brand brand new. So those are like oh, mine are yeah, open so and play like, with for sure. Straight out the bag and stuff. Yeah, but yeah. Do you know that you can grade action figures? Uh, like comics? Yeah, yeah, I knew that. Yeah, yeah. I've never done that, but I've seen it. As one of my friends has been collecting the original Ninja Turtles, the Playmates Ninja Turtle figures, and getting unpunched. Ninja Turtle, like the original four plus like Shredder Jesus. and stuff. They are fucking expensive. They're like six hundred for like the graded each, like six hundred each for the graded That's one. That's nuts. Um Okay, well cool, man. I mean this was a weird podcast. Because <laughs> we yeah. we had a couple we have some missing audio. We got some uh you know, kinda I didn't watch one of the things and and everything, but but yeah, I mean, it was good to good to get on talk about this stuff. Um, you know, some exciting things in Star Wars land, and definitely a lot of exciting stuff. It sounds like coming through the pipe in, in Star Trek, which is which is exciting because I, I I like Discovery, I like Strange New Worlds. So I, you know, I'm curious to see what they do with this movie with Michelle Yeoh. I mean, like that is incredibly exciting. So I'm here. I'm here for it. I'm I'm ready to get back into some more Star Trek. I think. And I'll have to I'll have to watch the season of Picard now. Yeah, it's good, dude. It's good. Um, next week I'll be away for CinemaCon, but there'll be lots to talk about after that, I suspect, because they'll be showing some first looks at stuff. But also, they're going to be screening for the first time in the Flash. Um, yeah, Ben's most anticipated movie of the year. So of the year, yeah. Are you so? Are you going to be like? Are you, I mean, I'm assuming you're going to see it. Yeah, I'm gonna. There, yeah, there's four, three movies screening officially as part of it. There's Joyride, which looks good. There's this is funny to say Disney's Boogeyman, <laughs> which they're confident yeah. in. Yeah, The Flash is the big one, and then uh, for giving the timing, they're going to let us. Disney's going to let us watch Guardians three as well, and a little separate screening oh, thing. Cool. It's not officially part of CinemaCon, but since we're all going to be yeah. there, they're going to let us watch it. So. Uh, I think I'm seeing that on Thursday. Is your screening on Thursday of that, Kofi? 
I think it's weird. Mine's on like a Thursday. That's when ours is going to be too next Thursday. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe I guess maybe that's why. Yeah. Cause they they, they, they didn't want people leaving Cinemacon a day early to go to LA. So they just kind of let us watch it there. That's why that makes sense. Okay. Yeah. yeah. sense. Um, Cool. All right. Well, that'll do it for this week's episode of podcast X. Um, Thanks for riding with us through some technical glitches this week. We will be back maybe next week. I mean, if Rob's at CinemaCon, maybe we'll wait until he gets back so we can talk about The Flash or something. We'll see how the timing all works out. But uh, as always, I'm Ben Kendrick. You can follow me on Twitter at Ben Kendrick. I mean, you don't got a blue check mark anymore, but, you know, at least I'm not Stephen King and having one forced on me. Yeah. Uh, you can, you know, you know, so find me on Spoutable and all the other freaking platforms that are trying to be the next Twitter and uh, check out what I'm doing over at Static Media. We run Slash Film and Looper and SVG and, and a bunch of other sites, a bunch of other cooking sites. If you're interested in cooking, man, we're we're killing it with cooking <laughs> stuff over there. Nice. <laughs> My co-host, Mr. Rob. Keyes. Yeah, I'm uh, Rob underscore Keys. That's K-E-Y-E-S on Twitter. You can follow all, uh, like this account. It's what is podcast X on Twitter as well. Um, you can find all the links and fun images there. And then uh, I'm also FailCube on Instagram, which I use, uh, I use once in a while. So check yeah. out our stuff on ScreenMant. Kofi Outlaw, where can people find you? Are you muted or are you asleep over under on whether or not Kofi is muted or asleep, Rob? You can uh, find Kofi though, uh, every week hosting the hopefully and soon to be award-winning comic book nation podcast. And you can find Kofi. Although he's the only Kofi on all social medias. And I'm still oh, shit, Sorry. I'm not going. I was just taking a power nap. Well, all right, I'm out. Kofi outlaw. Got to get some sleep. Yeah. Comic book. Nation <laughs> coming up next. This is me. Uh, Peace. Um, you should definitely listen to Comic Book Nation tomorrow. Um, you know, from the time of our recording this, because you get to hear Kofi's full thoughts on the Mandalorian, which you know Disney and the Internet gods robbed us of today. Yeah. With, with I was too fucking real with what I said yeah. tonight. That's it. <laughs> It'll never yeah. be reproduced. Yeah, that part where you said that they should bring back Gina Carano for Cara Yo, Dune's shut up. Shut up. Like, don't even, I, yeah, that was I weird. Really don't even put that shit in the air, man. <laughs> don't even put that shit in the air. I'm taking those yeah. letters. Yeah, that's funny. All right, that's that'll do it, guys. We'll we'll maybe talk to you next week. Otherwise, the week after. But uh, yeah, have a good one. Thanks for listening. <laughs>